You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 157 of Brewers on Tap. The crew comes home for a long homestand after what was a long road trip, an eight-game road trip through Houston, San Francisco, and San Diego. The crew going just two and six on that trip. They split with Houston, dropped two out of three to the Giants, and then were swept by the Padres at the beginning of this week. So a tough road trip crew, though. With all that being said, still just a half game out of first place in the NL Central. So still very good position in terms of where they're at in the NL Central and going through a little bit of a dip right now through a tough road trip uh, in some tough ballparks to play. San Francisco playing much better baseball right now. Padres are above 500 right now. And, of course, Houston, you know, is one of the class teams in Major League Baseball. So to split that series was actually a very good accomplishment for the crew. But overall, hoping they can get hot on this homestand, and they open up the homestand with the Cincinnati Reds before the Mariners come to town, and then the Pirates on the back end of the homestand. There is a lot going on in terms of the Brewers, and the main focus right now is trying to get these guys into the All-Star game. The primary portion of the voting ends this Friday. It's a different format this year. We've told you about it. There's a primary portion, and then the top three vote-getters at each position through the primaries advance to the starters election next week. The Brewers have three guys very well positioned to get on to the starters election. Christian Yelich, it looks like he's going to get there. Uh, the year that he's putting together, the votes that he's generating right now, he and Cody Bellinger generating more votes than anybody else in baseball, along with Mike Trout. So I think it's safe to say Christian Yelich going to get to that starters election, and I feel pretty good about his chances of getting elected as a starter at this point in time. But two other guys really need your help. Mike Moustakis, I think he's going to get through the primaries, but you still should vote for him up to five times a day anyway just to make sure that he does. He's got some competition to second base. Cattell Marte's having a big-time year with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Ozzy Albee's a fan favorite. That Braves fan base turning out pretty big to vote their guys in. I think it's going to be Albee's, Cattell Marte, and Mike Moustakis being the three guys that go on to the starter selection, and then it all resets, so then you're going to have to get really active and start voting for Mike Moustakis, because I think when you look at the numbers, Mike Moustakis, the most deserving guy at second base this year. Then you have the catcher position. Yes, Monty Grandal, the first round of updates came out. He was only in fifth, which is incredible when you think about it, because Yasmani Grandal is having the best season of any catcher in baseball. Let's just real quickly highlight the numbers. We're going to give you more in-depth stuff on these guys in Sabermetrics 101 coming up. But let's just look at the very quick surface numbers on Yasmani Grandal and where he ranks amongst catchers in Major League Baseball. Extra base hits, first with 26. Total bases, first with 120. Walks, first with 39. Home runs, tied for first with 15. And he's among the leaders from the catching position. In hits, he's second with 62. On base percentage, he's second. 
OPS, he's second. Slugging percentage, he's third. Runs, he's tied for third. RBIs, he's tied for third. And batting average, he's fifth with a 287 batting average. I think those numbers speak for themselves. Yasmani Grandal deserves to be in the All-Star game. When the second round of updates came out, he was in the top three. So if it ended after those updates, he would have been on to the starter's election. But he needs you to keep voting for him. Make sure that Yasmani Grandal gets through the primaries and into the starter's portion of the election. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, even if these guys don't get elected as starters, there's a pretty good chance all three of these guys are going to end up in the All-Star game anyway. Like I said, Yelich is going to start. I'll be shocked if he doesn't. But Moustakis most certainly will be selected uh, as a reserve if he's not a starter. And the same thing for Yasmani Grandal. And, of course, the Brewers have a bunch of pitchers that have an argument to be in the All-Star game as well. Josh Hader clearly has an argument to be in the All-Star game. Zach Davies, Brandon Woodruff probably to uh, a degree as well could be in the conversation. I think Davies for sure uh, with an ERA below three probably deserves uh, some serious consideration of getting himself into the All-Star game as well. So should be fun. It's exciting. You have a chance to impact it, so go out and get out and vote uh, five times a day if you can online for those Brewers to get into the All-Star game. Uh, it's been kind of a quiet week from a minor league standpoint because uh, the minor leagues, for the most part, have been on their All-Star breaks this week. Double-A uh, Southern League uh, All-Star game was actually hosted by the Brewers' Double-A affiliate Biloxi, uh, and the Shuckers had good representation in that All-Star game. Class A Advanced Carolina was on their All-Star break, Class A uh, Wisconsin was on their all-star break this week as well. So you get the Rocky Mountain vibes and the San Antonio missions, essentially, that have been in action over the course of this week. We'll get you caught up on that as we check in on the farm uh, a little bit later on in the podcast. We're going to talk to a couple of brewers that have had a big impact off the bench this year, Ben Gamble and Aaron Perez. Uh, very interesting conversation, specifically with Aaron Perez, about wanting to be a manager someday and some of the things that he sees when he watches the game from the bench and some of the instincts that he has as a baseball player as well. So we'll talk to both of them. Plus, Jason Lane is going to join us to talk about the Brewers' offense a little bit also. That is all coming up. Let's jump right into it as we catch up with the crew. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out. Time to catch up with the crew. Brewers outfielder Ben Gamble. I've been a couple months into this thing now, and and you've been able to have a a bunch of different roles as that fourth outfielder, playing some center field, some left field, and leading off uh, from time to time. And you're hitting left-handers really well so far this year. Is that something that you prided yourself on to, to be able to hit left? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's something I've done, you know, at a high level in years past, um, so, yeah, you know, definitely have pride in it. You, uh, of course, have made some great defensive plays. What, what do you think your strength is from a defensive standpoint, just the, your ability to get reads off the bat? Um, I think my biggest strength, strength is uh, versatility. You know, I'm decently comfortable in all three outfield positions, and so, you know, it's just something i got to, you know, do MVP and, you know, make sure I'm getting my work in out there. Hitting a leadoff is is. is that's something you kind of relish that opportunity when you get the chance to hit at the top of the lineup? Um, 
you know, it's not necessarily anything that, you know, I'm going to put extra pressure or anything on myself in. You know, I, I, I tend to take the same approach no matter where I am in the lineup, um, you know, and try and see some pitches and get on base for the guys. The home run in Atlanta a couple of weeks back, a couple of road trips ago uh, in the 10th inning, and then you made a great catch as well late in that game. Uh, would that be the highlight of, of your season so far because of the difference that it made in the game? Honestly, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what that – there's been so many, you know, crazy endings to some games this year, and, you know, just being a part of, you know, all of them has, you know, kind of been the highlight. You know, starting, you know, game one, you know, with Lolo – Robin that homer and you know the incredible plays he's made and you know watching Yelly and Brownie go to work every day and you know it's just the the whole year so far has been great. The catch you made in Houston the other night as well has gotten a lot of buzz uh, nationally because of just how difficult that catch was. It had a very low catch probability. Um, take me through that play. You know I, I started creeping. You know l- later in the at bat, just kind of you know going off Brantley's swings. And, you know, Lolo was kind of pushing that gap, so I slid over to the line a little bit. And, you know, I think that's probably one of the reasons, you know, I was able to make a play. But I just I got a really good jump off the bat. I saw it. And, you know, it's one of those 50-50 ones. And, you know, I just came out on the right side of it. When you change organizations like you have, you get new opinions, new eyes on you, guys that can, can give you different kinds of feedback. What has it been like to work with Andy Haynes and Jason Lane? Man, uh, it's been incredible. Um, you know, to say the least, it's been absolutely incredible. Those guys, they, they genuinely care, and, you know, they're willing to put in the work with us. It's not like, you know, you're out there on your own. You know, they're in, they're in there every day with you grinding, and, you know, just the positive reinforcement and stuff like that has really gone a long way, too. When you get a chance to hit in the lineup and see a guy like Christian Yelich do what he's doing and Mike Moustak is doing what he's doing, how does that kind of lift everybody up a little bit? I, th- I think it just makes everyone's job easier. Um, you know, I, I think for me, just me personally, all I got to do is get on base. You know, if I can get on base with those guys coming up, you know, there's a chance I'm going to score every time. So, you know, I, I think it's just kind of simplified everything and, you know, just made my approach a lot more simpler. And, you know, like I said, I'm just trying to get on base for those guys. Ben, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we're joined by Brewers utility man, Ernan Perez bunch of lefties on this road trip it's given you the opportunity to be in the lineup quite a bit and I know you enjoy that Uh, you're a guy that wants to play every single day have you been able to settle in a little bit with getting all this extended playing time oh yeah I think this opportunity uh, having a lot of lefty in the row uh, helped me a lot to my play play discipline I think I'm working out a lot I I like to be in the lineup like you said I like to be there every day but, you know, the opportunity comes, and when it comes, I approach that 100%. There was some talk last week about your desire after you get in playing of maybe being a manager and how you uh, constantly pick the brain of Craig Council and Ed Cedar and Pat Murphy on the bench, uh, specifically Murphy and, and Ed Cedar on the bench throughout the course of the game. How fun is that for you to, to keep looking at the game different ways, and how does that make you a better player when you bring it onto the field? I mean, I, I think it's making me... Sometimes better player, sometimes I try to think too much. I overdo things. So, I like I said, I like to do, to talk about about the game. You know, I, when I talk with them, it's about something happening in the game or something can happen in the future. So, I love this game. I'm, like like I said before, I wanna be one day I wanna be a big league manager. 
you have a, a very good baseball IQ. I mean, you understand the game very well, and you have great instincts. And, and we saw that in San Francisco twice in one game where you just you found the bag with your foot uh, in the middle of kind of a bang-bang play. That's just a thing that seems to come natural for you, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I, think I anticipate the, the play before it happens. I, I mean, I was playing... I was playing a little bit cheap, so I was closer to to the first base than the pitcher. So I think position players are better fielder than the pitcher. So I was there. And I, I I called the I called the pitcher out, and I I I was good to make the play. Like I was there to make the play. There's been a lot made over the last few years about versatility and guys playing multiple different positions. Every interview you do, you get asked about the fact that you can play so many different positions. But with all the shifting that goes on now too, how has that made you better? because of the fact that you've played all these other positions, that even if you are put in a different spot in the shift, it's not like it's foreign to you. Yeah, I mean, it make, I think it makes every fielder better, you know, just being the position that everybody thinks that was gonna, gonna be hit. Um, we have Subero on council, let, let us know where we're gonna play. Sometimes we forget, because we go to the video to the video room and we watch where to play the, the, the hitter, but sometimes we forget, you know, it's a lot of hitters and they help us a lot. And, we always be there when they when they say. When you are facing a guy making his MLB debut like tonight with Logan Allen on the mound for the Padres, how is the preparation different than it is for a guy that you've seen before or has a track record at the major league level? It's, the preparation is a little bit different. Um, I try uh, because I'm hitting six. Um, I try to see how he pitches the hitters before me and um, watch a little bit of video about his starting Triple A. So I think be a little bit, be a little bit more patient. The play, I don't know what he throw, I don't know what the ball do, I don't know his movement. So I try to be more patient, and track couple pitches, and then be ready to hit. We talked about the versatility, but you've been able to play a lot more second base this year, which is a position that comes very natural to you. Has that been nice? To, to we talked about settling into the lineup a little bit right now, with getting a lot of opportunities against lefties getting to settle in at second base a little bit this year. Has that been nice for you? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy playing second base. Really, it's a really position that I like to be because I love to turn double plays. But the time I play, I think I haven't turned a lot yet. I mean, I think if I have 10 double plays, it's more. So I like to be there. I like to do, like I say, double plays. It's my, my favorite play to do in the, in the field. Erna, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you, Papa. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. All right, as we jump into Sabermetrics 101, we first begin with Yasmani Grandal, one of three Brewers all-star candidates that are in a heated race to get into the starters election. And Yasmani Grandal, we're going to look at splits with these guys, uh, with Yasmani Grandal, Mike Moustakis, and Christian Yelich. Yasmani Grandal... Very good splits. The take on him coming into this season was that he was a much better left-handed hitter than a right-handed hitter as a switch hitter. And the numbers over the years would suggest that that was probably the case, but he has been pretty much the same guy this year from both sides of the plate. There has not been a distinguishable difference. Half the plate appearances as a right-handed hitter than he has as a left-handed hitter, just seeing more right-handed pitching naturally. And the numbers are very, very similar. 278 as a right-handed hitter. 270 as a left-handed hitter. Now let's look at home runs. 11 home runs as a left-handed hitter, 5 as a right-handed hitter. Again, half the plate appearances, about double the home runs. So pretty much the same guy. 31 RBIs as a left-handed hitter, 12 as a right-handed hitter. That's a little bit more of an arbitrary number because of who's on base in front of you. The biggest difference is that he's actually been a more patient hitter 
as a right-handed hitter this year. He's drawn 17 walks as a right-handed hitter, 23 as a left-handed hitter. And again, he's drawn 17 versus 23 in half as many plate appearances. So he's been very good, and he has been a huge addition to the Brewers lineup. This is a guy that's deserving of getting into the All-Star game. Mike Moustakis. When you talk about Mike Moustakis, the Brewers have always had confidence in running him out there against left-handed pitching. This has never been a case where Mike Moustakis is some sort of platoon type of option. Early in his career, he, he had to do that a little bit with the Kansas City Royals. They had Danny Valencia, who would hit against lefties, and then Mike Moustakis would hit against righties uh, early on, very, very early on in his career. But as he's grown and as he's matured, he's become a very good hitter against lefties. And let's look at his splits. Against left-handed pitching, 277. He has seven home runs and 15 RBIs. Again, about half the plate appearances against lefties than he has against righties. And his numbers are so consistent, it's incredible. Against righties, he's hitting 280 with 14 home runs and 30 driven in. And the numbers are just almost immediately cut in half. Seven home runs, 15 RBIs, and the batting average is almost a push. A little bit more patience as a uh, against right-handed pitching for Mike Moustakis. But other than that, the numbers really aren't much different. Then you look at the home and away splits with Mike Moustakis. He is hitting 279 at home and 279 on the road. He has 11 home runs at home and 10 on the road. He has 22 RBIs at home and 23 on the road. He has eight doubles at home and seven doubles on the road. The consistency in the numbers between home and away are mind-boggling for Mike Moustakis. Very deserving of an all-star game appearance. And then, of course, Christian Yelich. What do you say about this guy that hasn't been said already? Christian Yelich having just a monster season. 345, 27 home runs, 58 driven in, 16 RBIs. But let's jump into the splits with Christian Yelich. Two things. One, when the Brewers acquired him, the beat was that, hey, this is a guy that can hit lefties. He can hit lefties. As a lefty, he can hit lefties. And that is held true. This year against lefties, 294, nine home runs, 17 driven in. He has an OPS north of 1,000 against left-handed pitching. Of course, his numbers against righties are ridiculous. 372, 18 home runs, and 41 RBIs. But then let's look at his home and away splits. Because early in the year, with a very small sample size, there were some rumblings about Christian Yelich's home road splits. Remember that? People talking about, well, Yelich isn't hitting home runs on the road. He's not having as much production on the road. And this was like 10 games in on the road. But there were some people that were talking about that. Let's look at him now. <laughs> He's hitting on the road 288 with eight home runs and 20 RBIs. And by the way, this doesn't really factor in at the plate, but he has 12 of his 16 stolen bases on the road this year. He has an OPS of 914 on the road. Christian Yelich is having an all-star season just by his road numbers alone. His home numbers are on another planet. They're unthinkable. His home numbers are ridiculous. 438, 19 home runs, and 38 RBIs. But Christian Yelich is one of the best players on the planet, and all these numbers do is just continue to back that up. Now remember, early in the year, we talked about his batting average on balls in play because it was actually the lowest of his career despite the monster numbers he was putting up. And I told you, there's a chance if that normalizes and gets back to where it was, you could see him 
just absolutely go on a tear. And that's what's happening in June. All of a sudden, balls are finding green grass. Balls are finding gaps. Line drives are dropping in front of center fielders that weren't before. And the batting average on balls in play has gone way up in the month of June. In fact, it's 500 in the month of June after it was 228 in May and 319 in April. And the month of June, he is hitting 455 with six home runs and 13 driven in. Christian Yelich might very well be the National League Player of the Month in June if he has a strong homestand here to finish it up. Okay, that is Sabermetrics 101. Let's break it down with Jason Lane. Let's break it down. Uh, I'm sure for you, always good to be back in the Bay Area. This is a place you grew up in and uh, have a lot of memories here. Yeah, it's always fun coming back, uh, playing close to home. It's nice that we had a day off yesterday. I got to go home and visit the family and uh yeah excited to play here i was always excited when i came in as a player um it was always good to just come in for three days because it gets a little overwhelming but uh it's uh it's a fun place and, and a good atmosphere yeah you you bring that up and, and and i think we see that when guys come back home to play there's an excitement about it but there, there can be a lot of other things that come along with it because there's friends and family and everybody wants to come and so it can be a little bit overwhelming at times too especially that first time you come back is that something you see with players in this day and age too that they just kind of have to deal with yeah yeah when you're trying to get used to the big leagues and trying to to get established and and, you, and the game's moving fast and then you then you you know compound that with a bunch of family and friends and and people yelling at you and pulling you in all different directions it can it can kind of take away from the your job and uh so it, it's usually after after three days of it, you're pretty exhausted uh, emotionally and and physically. So let's let's talk about this lineup right now, and and so many guys going really good. Um, I want to start with Orlando Arcia and the adjustments he's made at the plate, and and his ability to not chase as much as he used to. And it seems like that's turning into getting more pitches to do damage with, just getting into better counts. He's really matured at the plate. It seems like over the course of this year, and maybe starting back last year during the playoffs. Yeah, I think definitely the way he finished last year throughout the playoffs, and and riding that confidence, and then getting off to a, you know, a little bit of a slow start, but but then got going. Um, I think it's a lot of it's mental. I think also too you know, making some adjustments and letting the ball get a little deeper so he has more time to make better decisions, knowing that that he does well uh, letting the ball get deep, that he, he can really let it get back there and still drive the ball to the, all parts of the park. And um, you start you start letting balls travel more, you make better decisions, you get better b- pitches to hit, then his ability starts coming out. It has been a small sample size still, but Travis Shaw looks more like himself at the plate since coming back. What have you seen in terms of adjustments that he's been able to make? Uh, I, I think a lot of it with Trav is, is mental too. I think that when you start the season off scuffling and get off to a slow start, it gets compounded. Other guys might go through a similar stretch that, that Trav did to start the year, but if they do that the second month after maybe starting hot, it doesn't get magnified as bad. I think right out of the gate when you see that low number and you want to get your first hit and get that first home run out of the way and then it doesn't come right away, then you start pressing pretty hard and it's tough to uh, get back on track. I think him, you know, going through the DL time and, and then going down and playing some games uh, in AAA and, and kind of working on his posture a little bit. Some, you know, there are some mechanical things in there that definitely give him um, give him some fits when, it, when he loses control of that. But I think him working on his posture down there, getting some games under his belt and then coming back here, he's had, he's had good at bats. He's hit some balls hard, hit the, hit the home run in Houston 
I think that's a, you know always a big confidence builder, and um, hopefully he keeps going. Mike Moustak, is hard to say he could be overshadowed, but Christian Yelich is doing crazy things this year. But the, the year that Mike Moustakis is putting together and how hard he's hitting the ball consistently, it, it's, it's really fun to watch. I mean, these are two of the best left-handed hitters in baseball right now. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been just rock solid in the middle of our lineup uh, against right-handers and left-handers. It's been really impressive, uh, some of the big hits he's gotten against left-handed pitching, especially with our left-handed uh, heavy lineup at times. We need a couple lefties that um, can stand there and, and, and handle left-handers along with our righties, and he's done a great job of that. And uh, you know, he's he's just a baseball player. He's a he's a, plays hard. Um, he's been in the, you know he's he's won a World Series, been in the biggest stages, and 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 he's real consistent. And it's been great for this this lineup. Jason, we appreciate it as always. All right, thanks, Lane. Checking in on the farm. Okay, as we quickly check in on the farm, pretty quiet week from a minor league standpoint because the Brewers' double-A, high-A, and A affiliates all on the all-star break over the course of this week. So San Antonio Missions, they sit at 46-26. and 26. They scored a season-high 19 runs on 22 hits on Tuesday. They had Wednesday off. They've won six straight games, eight of their last 10, and they are 28-11 since May the 9th. They have some big-time performances going on right now. Jacob Nottingham is really swinging it very well. He went four for five um, with a home run and had a career-high six RBIs in that crazy Tuesday night game. It's his fourth four-hit game since uh, basically he's been in Class A uh, when he was with the Oakland Athletic System. And in 39 games with San Antonio this year, he's hitting 277 now with 13 doubles, three home runs, and 20 driven in. Having himself a nice season at AAA is Jacob Nottingham. So the missions are in first place in the Pacific Coast League's American Southern Division. They're up by three and a half games. Double A Biloxi told you they're on their All-Star break. They actually hosted the All-Star game. They are 41 and 29. They're in first place in the Southern League South Division because they won the first half, and they'll try to keep that streak going uh, and win their fourth half in a row if they can win the second half in the Southern League's South Division. They've had great pitching from uh, Trey Shupak. He's been unbelievable for the missions. Uh, Drew Rasmussen has had some good starts for them as well. And uh, Alex Betten- Alec Bettinger is having a, a really big year uh, for them on the mound, doing some good things as well, some really good pitching for the Biloxi Shuckers. High A Carolina, the Mudcats are 39-30. and 30. They finished the first half third place in the Carolina League's Southern Division. They are on their all-star break. Low A Wisconsin, they finished the first half 31-38. and 38. That was sixth place in the Midwest League's Western Division. They are on their all-star break. And the rookie ball, Rocky Mountain Vibes in the Pioneer League, they are off to a great start. They uh, have started off the season... At 4-2, and two, they've had some good performances from a couple of different youngsters. Uh, one of those guys being Micah Bello, last year's uh, draft pick. Micah Bello has gotten off to a very good start for the Vibe. Of course, this is the first year for the Vibe in the Pioneer League, a new franchise. This is the kind of the old Colorado Springs Sky Sox franchise slash Helena Brewers franchise morphed into one, if you will. Helena 
moved to Colorado Springs, and of course the the Sky Sox franchise moved uh, uh, basically to San Antonio as the San Antonio Missions in in a roundabout way. So uh, it's exciting stuff for the Rocky Mountain Vibes, one of the coolest logos in minor league baseball, and they're off to a good start at four and two. You're going to see guys like Joe Gray and guys like Micah Bello be featured pretty prominently. Uh, in that league over the course of this year. And we'll keep you posted on them as the season continues. Rookie Ball Arizona League has begun. Of course, the Dominican Summer League is also very much underway. And it should be a fun summer to follow all of these Brewers prospects through the minor league system. All right, let's see what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. Okay, here is what's coming up for you during the homestand. The Reds are in town for a four-game series. On Friday night, that's a five-county Friday, so residents of Milwaukee, Ozaki, Racine, Washington, and Waukesha counties save 50% on tickets. It's a 7-10 start on Friday. On Saturday, the 22nd, uh, that will be a theme night ticket package, Superhero Day. Fans who purchase a special Superhero ticket package will receive a Lorenzo King Superhero bobblehead. You can go to Brewers.com for more information on that. And then on Sunday, that is the Fanny Pack Giveaway. It's presented by the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. All fans that have a ticket will get that Brewers Fanny Pack. Bring the 90s back. That should be fun. Brandon Woodruff is going to be on the mound that day as well, which is an added bonus. And then after an off day Monday, the Seattle Mariners come to town next week for a three-game series. 7-10 on Tuesday, 7-10 on Wednesday. And then next Thursday, that is a 1-10 start. That is going to do it for us in episode number 157 of Brewers on Tap. Thank you for joining us. We will join you again next week as the homestand continues here on Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle. Have a great rest of your day and week. Brewers, 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 come on.